All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis Getting Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. All right, keeping it going. Um, yeah, so looking at the Dallas and the Jets, um, I just think one of the things that we're going to find out uh, in regards from the Dallas Cowboys side is really – where is this offense at? Um, I don't think we really got to see that, and that wasn't that question was not answered in the Giants game because that whether you want to say it was Week One, weather, rain, aptitude offense. I mean, I don't think the Giants are as bad as what they looked on that Sunday night. But with that said, I just don't know how great they are still offensively because I still looked at the, I still saw the same offensive scheme under Brian Dayball that I saw last year. Okay, and uh, to me, so it's hard. I didn't get anything. There was no pressure on Dallas's defense last week, in my opinion. I think even though there's going to be no Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, Sunday, that's kind of took a little lackluster out of this matchup um, and a little juice off of it. But I still think you're going in with a probably without a doubt. It's no probably you're going in with a, still a more skilled offense and the Jets than you did the Giants. And I think, you know, so that's going to, I believe, put some pressure to have the Dallas offense led by Dak. They're going to have to make some plays to win this game. Because if the Jets are, and, and the thing is, if you're, a, if you're a, you know, Cowboys fan or Cowboys backer, uh, the thing that sucks in this and the timing, you know, to catch the Jets, if I'm a Dallas fan, I'd rather catch the Jets maybe by week six, week seven. Week eight. And the reason why I say that is because if Hackett, which is going to be under my radar watch because he's on the clock because we're going to see what he got to do with somebody that ain't going to wear the number 12 and name Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, okay? Um, I think it's one of those situations to where if Hackett can't get anything going, if Zach Wilson's just like, look, man, this guy just can't you know, either come to the pressure or just go, you know, if you, the reason why I say if you're Dallas, you want to catch him by week seven, because at least, you know, that defense has probably been beaten down. Like, it's like, damn, man, we tired of carrying the load. Like, damn, we can't even get 13 points. And we, and then all of a sudden they're not as potent. They ain't got that creeped in their head yet. So that's why I know the Jets, they're going to get the, Dallas is going to get one of the best efforts that you saw. I mean, because think about it, you know, credit to Robert Sala. This was a game that saw, I mean, you know, some people compared it that it felt like the Super Bowl in there. Just the atmosphere of the pregame, Aaron Rodgers running out with the American flag, 9-11. And then all of a sudden, within four snaps, he goes out and there's like a pin that's been popped in a balloon. And Sala was able to rally the troops at halftime and come out and that defense kicked it up a notch. Now they've had a whole day. It's a short week, but they've had days now to gather themselves and like, look, Aaron's not walking to that door. He might be walking through, but he's going to be in a boot and crutches, but he's not coming back on the field, so we got to go. So Dallas is about to get the best effort from the Jets defensively, period. And that's why I said, what are we going to learn from this matchup in this game? And what we're going to learn is we're going to learn on really what McCarthy's play calling to what Dak's offense, what it looks like and what Paulus look like because they're going to have to make some plays. They're not going to get, you know, two to three turnovers in the red. They're not going to get a block punt, block field goal scoop and score. They're not going to do all that. They're not going to get a deflated team like, damn, here we go again. We're about to lose to the Cowboys. No. 
Now, does that mean they're not going to win the game? No, I'm not saying that, but they better bring their hard hat because I think that talent-wise, this is a better talented defense, and they've got more skills on that. And, and I'm really eager to see because it really – I've seen some media people like I'm tired of this forced narrative that's out there automatically like um, this is one of the best or so big duo cornerback tandems we've seen in Diggs and Gilmore. Man, stop it, man. Stop it. I mean, they're talented. No getting no twisted. I mean, there's a lot of teams that would love to line up Gilmore and Diggs. Diggs takes a lot of chances and they're going to one of them going to be challenged because Garrett Wilson's a real deal. It's just because Garrett Wilson's going to get separation on one of these cats. It just means that if Zach Wilson going to be able to get there, is that offensive line, which is kind of a little bit shaky, are they going to be able to hold Dallas's front off? But the one thing I will say, I've always said this on this program, how do you beat a dominant pass rush? You beat a dominant pass rush and a dominant front by running right at them and running the football. And what do you think the Jets are going to lean on? They're going to lean on Dalvin Cook and Bryce Hall and not really allow. Zach Wilson ain't coming in here to throw this thing 30 to 40 times. And on the Jets' side, what is it we're going to learn? We're going to really learn on what is really the potential of this team that had Super Bowl talk and aspirations before Aaron Rodgers went down with Zach Wilson at the helm, with Robert Sala at the helm, with Hackett. We're going to find out what are we dealing with? Because I hear people already rushing like, well, you know, if it goes out of hands with Minnesota, there's a trade for Kirk Cousins to the Jet. Look, man, it is Zach in 2023. Sink or swim. It is Zach. Well, there's nobody. You got to bring them in. You got to learn a system. And we already know Hackett don't adjust his system anything. And I'm and that's what I'm be looking like. Hey, that ain't Aaron Rodgers. If you didn't learn anything from your time in Colorado last year, speaking of Hackett, the one thing I hope you're asked since you've been gift wrapped at another job. Okay. I got a brother in Jim Caldwell that went to a Super Bowl that took the Colts to the Super Bowl is the only reason why Joe Fluco, A.K. Flacco, got a ring. And this brother ain't been in the NFL calling plays and I don't know when. And Hackett's ass has the worst offense in NFL history and he gets a coordinator job. I'm on his ass. These games with Zach Wilson. I better see more. I've got to see more than 17, 20 points because that's all he's averaged without Aaron Rodgers is 17 points. Okay. So... To me, it's just one of those situations to where we're going to find out what are the Jets really going to be. You can't get anybody to come in off the street because Hackett ain't going to basically tailor their plan to nothing. He hasn't proved that to us yet. Damn sure ain't me. So it should be interesting. I think the line is an overreaction. I'm telling you this game is probably not going to make the foundation picks. Just don't handicap games that spread is too much of a backdoor covering that that but to be nine points better than this defense with an offense that is we haven't seen nothing yet didn't see anything in the preseason didn't see anything in game one and they're nine points better than the jets we'll see because i guarantee you they cover that zach wilson and thrown three picks and they probably got a pick six to the house if they got another fumble scoop and score i don't know how they cover that against this defense basically for four quarters we'll see how it happens eight seven seven 
3-7 grind. All right, moving on to uh, the other matchup I had on the docket. Let's go up to the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, where you have the Commanders coming in at 1-0. Uh, they're coming in with Sam Howell, and they are coming in to face the Broncos. That is 0-1. And basically for the fan base, it feels like they're on a 15-game losing streak. They haven't even played only two, one game this season. But just the – that's why I said in the opening. Look. I can tell you right now, this doesn't get off to a good start in this particular game, but there's not some positive things going. Don't be surprised when you tune in or you catch this game on replay, you tune in or you're going to the game at Denver, you hear some some boos. All I'm going to do is tell Sean Payton, uh, guys that wasn't – McGlitchy wasn't here, Powers wasn't here, the coaching staff – hey, man, that's seven years, six years of frustration. Okay, that's really what that's about. Now, in order to avoid that, I think the keys of this game is, look, um, the offensive line did not look that good for the commanders last week. It really didn't. I mean, Sam Howell, Sam Howell looked pretty good. But the Arizona Cardinals, the team that is trying to sell off everything from their players to uh, – to towels, to everything they can clear, whatever's going to clear the chances for them to dump some salary cap and get into the top three pick, they're doing everything. Their offense, their defense got pressure to Sam Howe. Hey, Randy Gregory, we waiting, man. $70 million, five years. Jimmy gets the ball out quick. Okay. No pressure. Everybody talking about explosive plays on offense. We didn't have no explosive. Play, no I'm looking at what's been the staple of this organization for the last seven years. It's been defense. Reality of it is it hasn't been offense. I understand that the Raiders only scored 17 points. That's not much. A lot of teams would take that all day. Okay, there's a chance Raiders go into Buffalo and score more than 17 points this weekend. That's beside the point. A guy down here on East Houston Street calls it stops on demand. I've seen it in the preseason with backups, with guys that are going to cut, that's selling insurance is why I speak right now. Give up lead. Can't get a stop to seal the game in week one, week two. I saw last weekend, all you got to do is give the ball back to Russ. You can't get a stop. Penalties played a factor in that. You can't get Jimmy off the field. And this team was horrible. I mean, this team and offense was horrible extending drives on third down and more last year. This team was pretty, for the most part, when they were engaged, before they just gave up on Hackett and Russ, this team was getting off the field on third down. Randy Gregory, if you can't get penetration on this offensive line with the Washington Commanders, I don't know when you're going to get it. I know they're waiting for Brandon Browning to come back. You know, we got about a – he probably ain't going to be back to week five. That's going to happen. That's going to help. But right now, I'm looking – yesterday, Clark in practice – Tweak hip. He's questionable. He's getting up there in age. Now, he came from Kansas City. He's got some intel. He's already, he's already you know, tweaked his hip in practice yesterday. Body's just dropping. But you got to find a way to get a W. Again, and I'm looking. Everybody, how is Russ going to look? Are we going to get some explosive plays? Am I going to get some explosion in the backfield from some pass rush? Okay. Von Miller rolling around his grave. Carl Mecklenburg rolling around his grave. D. Ware, what the hell is going on, man? That was the most. That was hard for me to watch in that fourth quarter. Like, man, well, nobody's gonna get to him. Nobody's gonna get to him. I've seen Jimmy sometimes. If you just come and rush him, he'll fall down because he don't want to get hit. Nobody's getting to him, Randry. I mean, you're doing on the run. You're doing. Gregory's doing a good job against the run, but you sitting there steady talking crap to Joshua Jacobs. Go sack the quarterback. Advance Joseph. 
I defended Vance Joseph because they ate him alive up in Colorado when he was there. I mean, all the things he said was, oh, we had a good practice. We had a good practice. That's still a button joke to this day. Some fans think, damn, we're really bringing this guy back in here when he was hired. Vance is under a little bit of pressure, in my opinion, because he's going to find if you ain't got them dogs, which I think there's talent there, you got to find a way to get pressure to the quarterback. I don't care about scheme, hook or crook, because that's what you saw Brian Flores uh, do last night. I, I, Denver's got better talented defensive pass rushers than Minnesota does in 2023, but they got pressure to Jalen Hurts. I guess if you take it to the offensive side, are we going to get that explosive? Jerry Judy's supposed to get back. That hamstring situation, I hope I'm wrong, that's going to linger all season. I don't trust hamstrings. And I don't know how much explosion, but he's going to be back. And again, Marvin Mims, you're going to wait to see, are you going to get more? Are we going to get him more into the game plan if you're Sean Payton? So it's a lot of ifs, but this, look, man, I, look, the sun will rise if they lose. There'll be 15 other games left. They lose this Sunday, and you're talking about two teams that didn't make the playoffs that you go 0-2 at home. Look, the chances of being in the AFC, now if the NFC, I say keep the party going, who knows? In the AFC, no bueno, man. I don't know if you're looking at to uh, snap that streak this year. And even though if you have a coach such as Sean Payne, I don't know, because things start seeping in here like, here we go again. Oh, no, here we go again, you know? And then you hear the replay in Russ's press conference. Even though he could be playing good, all he's going to do is, hey, hey folks, hey, we're going to do, we're going to have faith. You're going to go through the fire, been through the fire. You just got faith. That's what, that's what we do. No, 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 we're going to wilter here. We're going to battle. Look, I'm getting to the point. I'm loved him and Sarah coming into Colorado, but I'm getting to the point where I will not hear that no more, man. Damn it, get a W. Because this schedule here is about to turn real quick. 877-37-GRIND. And Lutz. Lutz should have spent about four days during the week at Empower Field at Mile at my High. He at 55, 60, get the kick, man. Giving you a pass. You just got there. You've been kicking domes for years in the Superdome. This is altitude, yada, yada, yada. Make a field goal, man. Because the guy that Sean dropped for you, that guy looked pretty decent in, 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 in preseason. But, hey, he's comfortable with Lutz, and Sean we trust, right? The Pinter Group gave him the keys to the kingdom. Come fix this mess. But I'm keeping records because I love Sean, but I'm keeping records. This is your decision. This might be a result of George's decisions. Because George going to get me to a point if, we, if these injuries keep coming up and I don't see guys in the practice squad step up, I'm going to start calling George Jorge. Like, hey, man, this is what you basically have developed here, Jorge. You might have to basically just sit down. I don't even call him George no more. Get my bilingual on. Call him Jorge. Look, man. The only way I can put it, Denver, this is a this is a big one. Look, Color, Coach Prime, Mike Malone. Can't tell you Colorado Avalanche, Coach. Sorry. They, they they winning things. There's excitement going. You've that that. Team and franchise has run that block in Colorado. Look, we're in a microwave society. For so long, that can last. You got to get some results. Coach Prime got game day, first take. Hell, oh, Colorado, the Buffaloes has surpassed Ohio State for the most expensive ticket in college football. Let me repeat that. A team that won one game last year. No more than four in the last two years combined or five. 
they have surpassed the most expensive ticket, Ohio State, the shoe. The average ticket's $550 or so. The excitement that's come on to that. So my point is, you, you know, you've got, like, as an organization with Denver and the people that, even, you know, that's college, NFL, but just the competitor. You, every market that has multiple teams, all the owners compete for dollars. All owners compete for the fan share. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I bet you if we did a study, the case, I remember the days where there was waiting lists to get into season tickets from Mile High. I don't know what the I don't know what the data shows you now, but I guarantee you over the last couple of years, I mean, because I'll tell you right now, last year was the first time that I looked at that stadium from my couch and said, like, damn, man, are we in Jacksonville or are we in Mile High? There was some empty seats coming in because it's fatigue and beat down. And that's why I believe if this team doesn't get off to a good start and win this game, and especially in that first half, you'll hear some booze. And I won't be able to blame them. I wonder if we take odds. What's the over under? Sean comes out with an onside kick again. They start to get like, hey, we didn't get it this way. We're gonna. They'll say, no way. He'll do it again. Oh, let's try That's it again. Happening. No, I don't think it will either. I don't think. Don't mean it won't be some trickery though. But this is one of those games when I say Sean's worked at least three a year. A game against this coaching staff, Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera. This should be one of those. Eight seven seven three seven grind. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning of the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, all right? And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND is your number. In this next segment, 
is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. Pillin Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pillin Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. And keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, and it's an official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, the Velocity Tour, and it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 87737-GRIND. All right, so keeping it moving here as we stick into the NFL theme before we look at at least a few games that's on the horizon for this college Saturday tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, that's how we feel about the Broncos. We'll see how it basically plays out for them. Like I said, Judy's going to be returning, should be playing. He was a full participant at practice the last couple of days. I think Clark, uh, Frank Clark, I mean, he's he's banged up. He's more of a depth situation, not a starter, but yet and still it's just another injury. So we'll see how that plays uh, plays out, and we'll break that down on Monday. Uh, another a few other games I've got on my radar on the national football uh, schedule uh, this week is really also you look at the Texans versus the Colts. This is the battle of the rookies okay uh cj stroud uh anthony richardson uh, i'm eager to see what does anthony look like uh you know going into week two you know how does defense you know D'Amico ryan's is the defensive coach uh we've got week one dna on everybody right now i mean it's going to be a fluid situation because i don't think any team really is going to really know who they are uh for the exceptions of the kansas city chiefs um, and probably the Miami Dolphins. I think everybody else is going to settle into really who they are after like probably before weeks, you know, after we hit the four week going into week five. I think by week five, you kind of know who you are by that time, who you're going to be for that particular season. So it's now that we've got, you know, one week of DNA on Anthony Richardson. It's going to be interesting to see how a defensive-minded guy, D'Amico Ryans, attacks him. Now, in my particular, in my personal opinion, this is the reason why it hurts uh, Anthony Richardson and the Colts when we talk about W's and L's when you don't have Jonathan Taylor. Um, because the reality of it is if you have a smart guy like D'Amico Ryans, you know, scheming a game plan on how they're going to try to get this win, I believe, is not going to be that very d- difficult. Um, you know, the Colts this week, uh, I said it earlier on this week, they brought in former Denver Broncos second-round pick and K.J. Hammond. I haven't heard anything of them signing them, but the fact that they brought him in to work him out, it shows you, and I think it's really an indictment on Alex Pierce. And again, Michael Pittman. Pittman is in the worst situation, I believe, with everybody because you're dealing with a rookie quarterback that is not really known for throwing the ball and wasn't explosive, only had 10 college starts or so. And I'm in a contract year. I'm trying to get paid. Okay, but really, I think Pittman and guys like Alice Pearson, until seen otherwise, a lot of their duties. Now, I know Steichen can dial it up. You know, they can take a shot here. You know, you know, part of his grade coming into college was he had a cannon as an arm. But I think reality is Michael Pitt and their receivers, they're going to be doing a lot more run blocking and scheme blocking than they are running routes at the early on. That's just my opinion. Now, if you had a Jonathan Taylor there, somebody like that could be a difference. But you're going to see a lot in the box in how Houston's going to attack them. And that's what interesting match between Steichen and, and D'Amico Ryans that I'm looking for on that side. What do you got? Um, Quentin Nelson uh, appears on the injury report this week for the Colts, um, dealing that? with a toe issue. It's caused him you know, to be in and out of practice throughout this week. They expect him to play. Uh, he's got a questionable tag, as does tight end Drew Ogletree. Uh, but as uh, a friend of the show, Destin Adams covers the Colts. We had him on yeah. a while ago, breaking it down for A to Z Sports. Um, 
he retweeted uh, Tom Pelissero's report this hour that C.J. Stroud has been added to the Texans' injury report with a right shoulder issue and is listed as questionable for Sunday's game. Uh, Destin, of course, wants the Colts to face the Texans at full strength. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the, now we have this developing thing here where Quentin Nelson, questionable. C.J. Stroud, questionable. Questionable on Tuesday doesn't mean a lot questionable on friday what do you think what i think it's a reaction kind of like when we had this discussion last week and we were talking about injury reports and we we're talking about questionable stuff um it's one of those situations where i feel that this is what you're seeing is you're seeing the you're seeing the effects of really sports gambling uh being at an all-time premium in the pressure um i think injuries have always been a mandatory thing because of that behind the scenes that the nfl has had to announce and make public and i think really what you see is a lot of teams being more cautious about getting fined and not disclosing things so when i look at injury reports doubtful or out is what i can start questionable now you got some situations where um the way i look at it out we know they're not playing doubtful is like 70 80 percent they're not going to play game time decision is 50 50 questionable your ass gonna be out there especially cj stroud's gonna play i mean so that's what my reaction to that is um now the thing going back to q you know in the game last week against jacksonville i saw the play i mean q had to leave the game early on because of the toe situation uh he was kind of banged up a lot last year uh that's the reason why i do believe his performance wasn't up to par a lot of that whole offensive line struggled uh but q i think you know if you're a co fans it's a little bit concerning just because you don't want i mean q uh, you talk about i don't know five six all pro first teams pro bowls but you have to be concerned if it's a situation because that is a violent position to play your body will take a toll i mean i don't know if you did a study and of course i hate it because you have to make sure you you're normally for what i know until we get some people to figure this out you know unfortunately you have to become deceased before we can really go in your brain and see ct but my point is <laughs> those are the guys that probably have the most problems because it's so physical in the trenches and you're banging your head on every play go look at a la mike webster back in the day the steelers you know the guy that was really going through it drinking antifreeze and stuff terrible but that's my point is that you if you're a Colts fan you're worried about is his body starting to break down you know that was one of their last big contracts they gave out to really anybody you know Leonard got paid then Q finally got his money and then you gotta wonder if this is a sign but um back to the game itself uh the last time I checked I think the uh the Colt if I'm not mistaken I think the Titans are one point favored right I think uh, the Texans are one and te a half. Uh, Titans, Texans, yeah, one and a half, and that point favorite, and that's a switch from earlier this week because I, I do a pick 'em league with some friends and family. Okay, uh, similar group to what I do fantasy football with, uh, but I was able to get the Texans in my pick 'em, not for money or whatever like that guy's, but plus one and a half. So that line has flipped to the minus one and a half now with the C.J. Stroud news. Where does that fall down to a pick em? It could be before kickoff. I mean, I think real realistically, without just even putting the sports bet to the side, I mean, that's a pick em type of game anyway. You have two rookie quarterbacks. I think there were some things that I liked that I saw defensively from Houston last week against the Ravens. But at the same time, the Ravens, they're having to learn a new offense too. And, and you know, it didn't look good at times last week with the Ravens. 
We know they lost Dobbs early on kind of in that game, but I still saw some positive things for Texans. I think C.J. Stroud, I'm going to get a better look at him this weekend in regards to what his performance is going to be like. Now, look, on the Colts side, you know, I thought last week against Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is should be an AFC contender this year. A lot of people think they are. So this wasn't a chopped liver team the Colts played last week. But there was some bright spots that I liked that I saw on the Colts defense. I mean, I know Buckner had a scoop and score a part of a team. I mean, this is a guy that I believe that has underachieved since coming from the 49ers, considering the amount of money they've paid him. Uh, he had a horrible season the year before last. He bounced back last year. He got off to a pretty decent start week one. So granted the points that Jacksonville put up I still think there were some positive things I think for the Colts defensive side this just really comes down to you know what is what is this offense what are they going to do from a running standpoint because Anthony Richardson in my opinion you do not want to get his career started where he's the leading rusher on this team you don't want to set that precedent that's not a good thing because his body could take unnecessary hits and we saw it last week I mean, honestly, I'm surprised he ain't showed up on the injury report because his question because he got nicked. I think it was a little bit of a concussion. Maybe he suffered, but he got nicked last week. So I want to see they had a couple fumbles last last week in the run game. I want to see them protect the ball better. And can they run this ball better? And if not, get that guy by the name of Ursay out of his damn cover band bars at night that he plays and all the collectibles he's doing and go and pay the man the money and get him back in. I understand he's saying he don't want to be a cult anymore, but money changes that in these situations. So that's what I'm looking for in that particular game. Go ahead. Uh, also on the injury report this week, we did have Zach Moss as a full participant all this week. You know, he was, he was at that, that broken. broken forearm. Yeah. yeah. So he's so you talk about the in, improving in the running game. Oh, now you've got your RB1, well, one and a half. Yeah, I don't know if Zach Moss. Zach Moss, if he, he's, he's number one on the depth chart by default in Indy. I, I mean, Zach Moss, I mean, I've never been that down on him, but Zach Moss is nothing that anybody's ever written home from Mama about. You know, if Mark Jackson was doing play-by-play for the NFL, he would never say, Mama, there goes that man. He wouldn't say that with Zach. So the guy they got is the guy that's sitting at home in JT. And you know what's funny? It's not funny, but it's a reality. And I gotta give great I gotta give kudos to one of the greats, Barry Sanders. I saw Barry talk about this on NFL Network. I think it was after the second preseason because the topic was like, hey, Barry, how do you feel like running backs are getting treated? Well, Barry put it out there. If you look at it, he goes, Well, I'm gonna look at the teams that really didn't look at the running back as a priority. Minnesota and the Colts are the two teams that really said, Man, we're not paying you, Dalvin. You can go ahead. We got masters. Those are two teams that their running game has not looked that great in the first two weeks. They didn't look. Now, granted, Minnesota, I mean, Philly's got a good front. They didn't run the ball that great in week one. If they did, I think they'd get out of there and Baker didn't get the 1 0 victory. But yet, still, we found out Baker was cheating. He had signs, but that helped. And you know what I was wondering when I brought that up? Why isn't that like it's looked so down upon in baseball? Like, you know, it's wonder how football, why is that not. Like, you can go public and say, hey, man, I picked it up, man. I know what their, their plays are. They're calling this. They don't get – and not that I have a problem, but I'm just wondering why they didn't get the public ritual in regards to the vitriol and like, oh, you cheater and you cheated. When guys say, look, man, we know the play calls. I know the cadence. This is what we're doing. It's like it's accepted in the, in the National Football League. Well, again, in baseball, it's accepted if you figure out the tipping. If you figure it out, the problem becomes when you use – um, quote unquote technology, you know, whether it's banging on trash cans, something that's not a part of the game, or they, Apple they, watches, yeah, or Apple watches to communicate that 
in another way. So so Baker being on the field, again, Patrick Peterson too in the Niners game, he said that he, he knew Brock Purdy's tells. Said he was going to get an interception, which is why Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk and everybody came back at Patrick Peterson through the media because he said, uh, I think he was. I think he said he was going to pick me off, right? Hmm. Wow. Wow. Everybody's getting comfortable. Brock getting comfortable. Long way from Mr. Relevant, huh, Brock? Just luckily you got with that guy called Kyle Shannon because your ass wouldn't be looking the same way. You see, he had to walk in with a big old Iowa, uh, Iowa mascot head. He lost a bet because you know he's Iowa State. They lost. He had to walk in a big old mask. I'm like, man, <laughs> I guess it's all just wasted three first round picks. It for it must be nice, you know. It must be nice. The building's down there burning down in Invesco in, in a powered field in my high. And these guys just went through three first rounds and they got quarterbacks walking around as jokes and masks on. It must be nice. Some All organizations where you fit are not at the same level. That's just another sign of that. Moving on. Um, so we'll see what happens with the Battle of the Rookies, Texas. Because I, I think C.J. Stroud and, I mean, look, C.J. Stroud and Anthony, they're forever linked. Not only did they come out in the same draft, they're in the same division. So they're they're all for so that we get round one going uh, this Sunday. Uh, the other game, of course, probably big game. There's two big games, I believe, monster games on the schedule in the NFL this weekend. This is one of the two. It's KC at Jacksonville. The other one is Monday night, which we'll break. We have money to break that down. That is the Cleveland Browns going to Pittsburgh. And I think it's what a 30 year drought. The last time they won a regular season game in Hodge. Did I read that right somewhere? It's been 30 years or something like that. Uh, not 30 years. Oh, no, wait. A regular uh, season, not playoffs. Because the one y'all did, I thought that was playoffs, right? Uh, playoffs was what, the, what, the 20. The Baker one? Yeah, it was the Baker but one. But regular uh, season matchup. But regular season, uh, Tim Couch. Uh, we were actually going over this the other day. T- Tim Couch against Tommy Maddox, and I think 2002, 2003. So about maybe you think so, so it's about 20. 20 years. Okay, yeah. that's a long-ass time. But we'll talk about that's the two premium games this week, in my opinion. We'll break that down on Monday. But the other one is Kansas City at Jacksonville and Duval. Um, this is an interesting spot for Kansas City, and, and I think we're going to find out about kind of who they are as well. Like, we know. Like, I do believe Kansas City has an identity. So don't get this twisted. I know I just said a segment ago that I feel like Kansas City, uh, Miami, who else? And I would say maybe the 49ers. They know who they are. I think everybody else, including the Philadelphia Eagles, the Cincinnati Bengals, I think though even those teams, the Buffalo Bills, I think the first quarter in week five, we'll know where everybody is. But I think in Kansas City, even though I know they know who they are, I think we're going to find out a lot about them because this is the situation. They're going to be facing a team that's looking for Shawshank redemption. Uh, Jacksonville was ousted last year in the playoffs by Kansas City, correct? Okay. So you've got the revenge factor coming in. Plus, this is not an arrowhead. This is in Jacksonville. Well, I'm assuming that the humidity and it's still hot. Like I told you, down here at 89 in South Texas the other day, felt like it was 60 because we've been cooking at about 105, 108. All right. Okay. So you got humidity and you got the revenge factor. Now, the reason why I feel that we're going to really know kind of where Kansas City's at mentally because what's the excuses this week? Travis Kelsey, I think, from everything I heard, he probably he's gonna play. Chris Jones just called um, and did a bank inquiry on his deposit. Heard your balance today is so he got paid. He's happy. 
So you're going in Duval. So to me, this is normally where we've seen this team through this run they're on. I'm not going to call it a dynasty run because it's not. Just because you run a bunch of incompetent coaching staffs in the AFC West for the last five years don't mean you're a dynasty. But the reality of it is this is normally in this run they've had. These are spots that they bounce back from in a 0-1 or back against the wall. Um, Jacksonville, <laughs> I mean, this is one of those to where you want to prove to everybody we're, gonna, we're, we're a force in the AFC now. So when we talk about, you know, Trevor Lawrence, when we talk about Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, oh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes gave us one of the greatest playoff games we've ever seen. It's time for Sunshine to be like, start putting me in this conversation. This is what that means to Jacksonville, okay? <clears throat> I'm going to be – I've said it for a while. What is Kansas City going to look like <clears throat> if they've got to come out of the wild card spot? Now, if they happen to go 0-2, is the season over for them? No, you got Andy Reid and you got Patrick Mahomes, and you still own the division until proven otherwise. Because these won't be two AFC West losses. <laughs> They'll just be two out of a conference. If they go down 0-2, they'll probably look like, hey, man, when we play that AFC, oh, we got Denver coming to Kobe. Don't worry about that. We'll get 500. So I think that I'm going to see where is the psyche act with Kansas City, Okay. Um, Jacksonville, it's just you get a couple opportunities as a young team, which I think they are. You know, you get a couple opportunities, of course, of your way on the come up, the come up to get respect, the come up to be a player. You get opportunities every once in a while to prove yourself, to get on that national stage, to get that national recognition, to become that number one hit on the charts that's played every two songs. It's played every two times an hour on the radio station, you know, the Macarena, you know, some, you know, one of those, you know, uh, what was her name? Celine Dion song, the Titanic song. You know, damn, it was just so exhausting. They played like if I at that period, I wish I wish somebody say, I'll give you a million dollars. You can tell me if you turn on the radio, what's the next song gonna be on? At that period, I would have been Celine Dion. Okay. Period. When you come up and you're able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and go two and zero, and you're Trevor Lawrence, and some people had you as a preseason Super Bowl contender, now you becoming that top twenty, top five rotation on the radio. Now everybody gonna be talking about them and Sunshine. This is their opportunity against the Kansas City Chiefs. Very interesting. Definitely one of the games of the week, in my opinion. You'll listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. 
Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 